0: Good morning, everyone. This is Kathy Mason from Mason Works Marketing here on Conscious Business Zone with my new friend, Beth Bell. Hi, Beth. How are you? Good morning. I'm so glad to have you here. So you guys, I got introduced to Beth Bell by um, Michael Ford, and he he just couldn't say enough wonderful things about you. So we had a talk, and um, I can see why he said that. Because you are a superstar and um, you are a courageous co-creator with the universe. That's what I want to say. And um, so I want to really let you share as much as we can um, in in our short time together, uh, how other people can do that as well. How they can really work with um, what's happening right now in their lives and be brave and courageous and create the world that they want, the life they want, rather than getting caught in all this chaos. And you've figured out how to do that. You're an author, you're an entrepreneur, which we can talk about that because you were, that was amazing what you've done um, with that. And I love, love your product. Um, But, but you also, Went through and really cleaned up your trauma. Well, you're still doing something because you're still here, but <laughs> but you cleaned up a big chunk of it courageously. That I think everyone would love to know your story and get a glimpse of how they might be able to do it as well. So, so Beth, why don't we start with? Um, let's start with. How, where you want to start your story so people can get to know you, know your values, and get an idea of um, how this could help them. Yes.
1: Well, thank you for that beautiful introduction. Um, yeah, I'm an advisor, author, and entrepreneur, but the thread through all of those things is an awakening agent. And it's such an incredible time right now because it's time to awaken. So I I would imagine that most people listening to your show are already well on their journey. And that's beautiful because there's just so much happening in the universe on planet Earth. And it's a time to really, as you said, clean up our storylines and unravel the mind. So a lot of times we don't even know how tightly our mind has wound us up in these programs that we got instilled with at a young age. So speaking of which, I grew up in North Dakota. Um, You know, I grew up in a town of like 2,700 people. It was super small. Everybody knew everybody's business. And there's good things to that. And then, of course, there's some bad things to that. But um, ultimately, it really gave me an incredible foundation for community and trust and respective elders and things that I look at in today's world. And I go, wow, we're really missing out on some of these really core things and and I 'll fast forward just for a moment and then come back but i i when I lived in Bali for five and a half years, I realized how ironically that Bali life was so similar to growing up in this small town in North Dakota because the Balinese are all about community and about supporting one another, and so I think that's another beautiful thing that's happening with your show here is that we 're all in community and we're all here to help each other on our awakening journey and so I'm happy to be on the show. I'm happy to talk about my journey, but I do say that my, my book that I've recently launched is not a how to guide. I'm not here to tell you exactly how to do it because I believe that innately we all have our souls plan deep within. And so what I do encourage is for people to get into their own souls plan, access that inner wisdom that is really the guide so that the soul is in the driver's seat not the ego mind. We want to get that guy in the back seat because the ego <laughs> mind is like having a two-year-old drive and it is not fun. And that's what's happening to uh, to us a lot of times. When things feel like they're crazy and out of control, you just got to go, wait a second, like the two-year-olds at the driver's seat get in the back. <laughs> um, and there's tons of tools and techniques and tips and things that we can talk about. But yeah, so it's my North Dakota upbringing that I, that I really give a lot of credit to for being kind of salt of the earth and and I feel blessed because i I also had a, a great family that I think really helped me be able to love unconditionally at a young age, and I didn't even realize until you know I'd lived all around the world how a lot of people's programming from their childhood had a lot of negative um implications to to their to their life as a whole and so you know a lot of times we spend our entire life just trying to unravel those things that happened early on in childhood so um, I'm happy to go and jump in anywhere you want to go, from North Dakota to uh, yeah, I've been all around the world, and and maybe I'll I'll bounce it back to you and and you can you know jump in and say where you want to start because <laughs> uh, there's so
0: much to talk about. Well, well, I think um, what I think the first thing was that you left home. I mean that there's so many people. I grew up in Cincinnati, Ohio, and a lot of the people that I went to high school with are still there and I couldn't wait to get out of there. I mean, I wanted to see a bigger vision. I didn't want to be in the shadow of my family. I want, I wanted to make my own way. I wanted to, um, to, um, not be judged, I guess is a lot of it. Um, And so, I mean, that, that was the first thing you went from comfort zone to Okay. And were you a medical rep right away? No, no. I mean,
1: actually, you know, I studied architecture. That was like my dream. Since oh. Sixth grade, I was going to be an architect and I worked really hard. I got accepted into the College of Engineering and Architecture. I did an architectural internship out in California in one of my summers. And then one day I just said, wait, who's to say what's good art and bad art? Design shouldn't have a deadline, and I didn't want to sit behind a desk for the rest of my life. So, you know, I, I gave my parents, proudly almost, I gave my parents every gray hair that they have. Because <laughs> I, I left university, and they were like, no, you know, we'll pay for everything. Just stay in school. And I'm like, no, I'm just really clear. I mean, somehow, straight out of the womb, I was just an absolute free spirit. And I'm stubborn, and I have some attributes that I'm not necessarily so proud of, but... They gave me like this, this intrinsic fire in my belly to just do what spirit called me to do. And a lot of times it was not what, you know, the community or the social constructs um, supported. So leaving university, you know, my parents, all they could see was, oh, my God, she's going to be unemployed. She's going to be uneducated. She's moving to California. Who knows what's going to happen to her? And, um, yeah, so, you know, then I started a career in in retail, um, eventually went back to university, got my degree in in my Bachelor of Science, and then had just this really great opportunity where I, I took my sales experience, my sales management experience, and then my science background and education into the pharmaceutical industry, which is also really interesting because people who know me today, they're like, there's no way you were in big pharma. And I'm like, yeah, I was. And people that know me from Big Pharma are like, wait, there's no way that you're like a flower whisperer and all these spiritual things. (laughs) And so um, I guess I don't know. It's probably the Gemini in me, you know, that I can sort of have these two different, very different sides of me. But I've been straddling a lot of the third dimensional realities and the fifth dimension plus 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 um, for the last I, I would say the last 20 years and the last 10 have been super intense. Um, so yeah, I've, I've practiced a lot. I've, I've worked a lot on this whole, you know, inner wisdom thing. And, and I'm here to share what I've gone through. Um, and again, not because everyone has to love or hate or do my stories, like actually don't do what I did. Right. Um, (laughs) but what I can say is the thing that I would say do is what I call intuitive risk taking. Um, And what I mean by that is that, you know, we get hits. You know, a lot of people say, oh, you know, I just got this gut feeling. And it's that intuitive hit that oftentimes we get and we're too scared to take action on it. Why? Because we fear. We fear that stepping out of the norm, doing something that, you know, isn't acceptable to the masses or acceptable to our parents or whoever we're looking to for, you know, approval that we stop ourselves from doing some of these things. And so intuitive risk-taking is something that I've been able to really dive deep on and and practice a lot, and it's getting the hit, and then it's getting the validation for the hit, right? So that you're not just immediately taking action on every little thing that comes your way, um, but that you're actually just sitting with it and sitting deeply with it, and then understanding, oh, yes, this is spirit that's guiding me. It's not my mind. you know, It's not the two-year-old in the driver's seat, but it's actually – my spirit. And, and a lot of times it's those decisions that we make, that we go, I couldn't explain to you why I'm doing this. And if it goes wrong, I'm not going to have a backup plan. It's those kind of decisions that, that really scare the, you know, the whatever out of you. Um, but those are the ones that are the juiciest and when we take them and we just keep going. Right. So I, I like to say that there is no bad decision. You just make another one. Um, no it's the lanterns on the path that you keep following.
0: Right.
1: So that's the intuitive risk taking. And and look along the way, as you know, and all of your listeners know, you are going to find the devil, the narcissist, you know, the all of those characters that that keep in mind that we we ourselves so eloquently place on our life path to cause us some pain, because if we don't know suffering, we don't know bliss, just like if we don't know short, we don't know tall, right? It's the whole yin yang balance thing. Um, we're going to call all these characters in to just you know try to take us off our path and sometimes they do sometimes they get us off our path for months years you know who knows Um, whatever we set ourselves up for but it's always coming back to love And getting out of the fear that stops us from making those big jumps that is our soul's plan. And so, yeah, I just feel like now's the time for all of us to to really get together in community and help each other with our soul's plan. Because there's certainly enough people out there that want to tell us that we need to be on the ego's plan of, you know, doing, 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 and making money and be somebody. And it's like, no, 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 just... Really, find out who you really are, not who you think you are or you're supposed to be for someone else. Right. So, you right. know, that's really the the soul's plan. And and once we're connected into that oneness and we know who we are and we know that we're connected to everyone else, then things can flow with much greater ease and grace. We're still gonna get the bumps, but you know, we're gonna be in that flow.
0: Well, there's something about the um that that fear that you have right before you try something new that kind of in between excitement and fear but what what you're talking about too is that in a lot of cases there was no safety net right. net and and that's actually when you think back on your on your life and all the stuff those are the things you're most proud of because you just jumped off the cliff <laughs> without a parachute yeah. with, seriously and and were it was a sink or swim really and, and um, those are the times we're in right now. We're in the opportunity for you to get an alignment with who you really are and resonate and be fueled. It's like a rocket fuel when you get into that alignment that you can do anything, but it's, um, it's alignment and focus. So that's the other thing that you, it's a discipline that, um, could you talk a little bit about that? Because obviously you have that um, innately. And obviously when you advise people, um, I assume that that's part of it, alignment and focus. Could you talk a little bit about that?
1: Yeah. You know, and it's, it's the good old intention setting, right? It's about setting intention and then really lining up to it. And and getting that North star of where it is that, that I feel I want to be. And, and more from a feeling standpoint, you know, a lot of people want to talk about the law of attraction, which is nice. And, you know, um, the secret and all that, and and those are all great concepts, but you know, those are also a little bit more focused on, on things and the external world and the external world things making us happy. When I have that, I'll, I'll be happy. And, you know, we all know this, but it is a practice to get to the feelings that we want to feel and feel them now. And that's hard when things aren't actually in front of us. When the bank account says zero, it's hard to feel rich and abundant. When there's no food in the refrigerator, it's hard to feel that food is coming to you from everywhere. But it is that good old trick of setting an intention of how do I want to feel and then surrendering and letting spirit come in and guide you. You know, it's uh, it's just human nature. I don't know why, but why we have to get on our knees sometimes before we'll actually surrender. And so I think the message is, is don't go there. Don't go to the place where you have to be on your knees to surrender. Just do it now. Just right. do right. it now, right? Just let go and let God and whatever God is to you whether it's Buddha, Krishna, Allah, the universe, you know, whatever you want to call it, source energy um, it's, the, it's the energy, the source energy that, that helps the flowers grow. It's the source energy that makes the waves in the ocean <laughs> crash. You know, it's, it's that energy that, that is surrounding us all the time, but we don't, we don't tap into it because we see ourselves as separate from it. So a lot of that to get in that alignment is to just get into the flow of that energy. And it starts with step one, number one, which is recognizing that it's even there right cuz cuz we just get so bogged down with all of the things that happen in life and the yeah whether it's a phone call or or a child screaming or a husband or a wife that needs something you know all of these things so so take the time right take the time to set the intentions and then take the time to sit with the intentions of the emotions that you want to feel i know it's all basic stuff it's just do we do it you well, know that's well, the
0: question I- I think it's okay. So first of all, I wanted to say that I think a lot of times people don't do things until their backs against the wall. Right. So the fear is so strong to not be different in our culture, in in the world. And it's a survival fear. I mean, I I imagine um, when we were Um, you know, a thousand years ago, we were in community. And if we were too different, we might've starved to death or we might've been eaten by animals because we were out. And so that's, that's part of it. Or if we have healer energy in our system, we, um, I I had someone tell me that I healed, I was a healer, like in the 1800s. And uh, they saw me in um, like a, a wheat field crying because I had brought that someone had brought me to a dying person and I brought them back from death and then everyone hated me because they were scared of me but they asked me to do it and so I died from that lifetime and it's like whoa okay (laughs) it's like so it's innate and, and a lot of us said it's okay like I just gotta do this I'm just gonna I I just have no other choices, but to show up completely, you know, that kind of um, uh, push past the fear because you have no other choice that that's a a lot of people are in that right now. Yeah. Well, yeah.
1: The underbelly is coming up for all of us, right? The, the, Past lives, the karmic entanglements—I mean, you name it. Like, it's way beyond like our family stuff. You know, it's way beyond <laughs> what we think our parents did to us, or you know, our first boyfriend did to us, or girlfriend, or whatever. Yeah, it's it's the deep stuff, and it's it's such a beautiful time to clear it. It doesn't feel beautiful. Like, look, I've just come out of a massive oh heaviness, and you know, stuff that was just weighing on me. And then, you know, once you just stay diligent with it. Um, which is also staying out of the mind, right? Staying in the heart and le- allowing yourself to feel it. I mean, there was energy that I just felt like, man, I know how to shift energy, but I'm not shifting this stuff. And I reached out to everybody that I knew that in my support team that, that could help me. But, you know, sometimes, you know, the emotion, you have to just sit with it, you know, and, and and it sounds like a bad example maybe, but, you know, when your dog dies, you feel sad. And sometimes you just have to be sad for a period of time. You just have to really like transmute that emotion and that feeling and that energy, which I think is what's happening for, and the train says yes too. Um, (laughs) That's what's happening for a lot of, especially light workers, especially the people who are more in touch with that inner guide and their knowingness of who they really are and their gifts. Um, All of our stuff is coming up for observation to be able to let it go because we want to clean this stuff out. Um, You know, I also wrote in my book in the introduction, Love is the new currency, how rich are you? You know, when I wrote it, I wasn't thinking the universe was gonna challenge me dramatically on it after (laughs) I launched the book, but it's so true and I bring it up because I feel like, you know, for all of us, I just wanna say keep going because what you have and the light you have within you is just priceless. Like there could be a whole new MasterCard ad about it, right, like it's priceless. And so your services are coming forward. You may not feel like if you feel like you're not in service right now, you will be. Stay the course. Stay the course. And to your point, you know, it's it's a great time to be a unicorn. Um, yeah, we've been ostracized. We've been burned at the stake in many lives. We, you know, lots of these things have happened to, to all of us. And, and now is the time to just let all of that stuff go. Um, Because we know that if we just go to the North Star of oneness or that embodiment of knowing what oneness is, and if you don't know what it is yet, if you haven't experienced it or embodied it, it's okay. You're getting there. Just keep going and set the intention to just be in that bright white light and exude it. Bring it through. And when you look at somebody else, you know, let the twinkles in your eyes. Let your light shine through because you don't know just by making eye contact with someone you may be saving their life because a lot of people today they're not feeling validated they're not feeling seen they're not feeling heard and so sometimes it's just that sparkle from your eye to theirs that might stop them from doing something that's really destructive we don't know and you know eye contact we do know eye contact and hugs raise oxytocin levels and it's another one of my hot buttons like i have no idea why we're talking so much about cortisol levels when we need to be talking about oxytocin, oxytocin is the cuddle hormone. It's what happens when, and when you give birth and you put your baby on your breast, and, and you know, it's the cuddle hormone for the lactation, for the connection, and it's that hormone in our brain, the brain chemistry, that keeps us connected. And so let's do what we can, you know, on the ground in our communities every day to just raise each other's oxytocin levels, even if it's just saying hi to the barista that now you feel like you know at Starbucks because you actually looked at them and you actually acknowledge them and you actually know their name. You know, it's these little things. It doesn't have to be these big things. We don't have to have 10 million followers on YouTube to think that we're making a difference, right? And so, yeah, stay in the magic of what's happening in your everyday life in now, because actually that's all there is, you know, is now. I mean, Eckhart Tolle wrote a whole book on the power of now, right? So again, simple concept, but sometimes it feels difficult to implement and it doesn't need to be.
0: Right. Right. Well, I I think what um, people, what you're, um, what you're sharing and you're um, modeling is the bliss that's at the end of the tunnel. So a lot of people right now, they feel victimized. They haven't really realized that they're creating their reality and they, um, they don't know how to get out of it. They're looking at this mess that we're in. And you know what? I think every age thought that there was a mess. I mean, if you look back, even Plato, (laughs) what Plato wrote about society, I mean, every age thought there was a mess. Marcus Aurelius um, in Rome. I mean, yeah. So so we the difference is is that we have the internet and we have the opportunity to see all of it yeah. instead of just our community. But everything starts here. And that's where I was so excited about what you're doing, is because I think you have um part of the recipe, if not the recipe, of how you get out of that victimization model. Into self-love and showing up as the bright light that you are, because um, I don't think there's a lot of people that are talking about the road out of fear. I I think I think you championed that you you have had these wild um adventures that that um have changed you and brought more of your soul essence into your vessel and i you can see everyone that sees you can see that you are glowing you really have amazing um energy and so i want that um that opportunity for everyone that's watching this to get a chance to see that path and maybe, um, work with you or, um, certainly read your book, but, but how, okay. So you, so you, you actually finished school, you actually did all these jobs. Then how did you get, get to go off continent? How did that, could you tell the story about your beautiful jewelry and uh, we can show your website in a little bit, but could you talk a little bit about that? Because that's what I'm saying, you guys, is that everyone that's here has a huge, huge gift to help humanity in these times. And this is the perfect time. It, you know, don't be afraid because of all the chaos in the world. This is the perfect time for you to focus your energy on that gift and sharing it instead of this uh, play that's uh, a widescreen TV that isn't really showing you love and and happiness, showing you the other paradigm. Focus on the inside to find that and then go do it. Just do it like the Nikes thing, right? yeah just do it yeah Yeah,
1: well i like to tell long stories so i'm just going to say please jump in if if i I get too much on a tangent because i'll just go wild here okay um i got married i checked all the boxes you know i married a, a a beautiful soul from you know the midwest of america everything seemed perfect the white picket fence the whole deal um, we moved from California to New Jersey and yeah, and for all intents and purposes from the outside um, and from my mind, I thought it was all perfect too. Um, but even though deep inside my soul had been nudging me all along and I didn't wanna listen and I didn't wanna listen and I didn't wanna listen um, because it meant that I'd have to do things that you know I agreed I wouldn't do like get divorced and all that good stuff. And so um, I had a situation happen which I called the awakening kiss at 30,000 feet. Um, I ended up meeting a gentleman at a, at a conference and went home, told my husband that I had this great connection with this person that I thought he was going to be really instrumental in a business that my husband and I were going to be creating or in the process of creating at the time. Now this is many, many years ago. And uh, and then had an opportunity to, to meet with him in San Francisco for dinner. And like at the last minute he said, Hey, I'm actually going to be, um, you know, flying through New York. would you like to ride with me on my private jet? So I went home and I said to my husband, Hey, here's the situation. Um, he wasn't the jealous type. And he said, Yeah, sure, go for it. So I did. So I got on the jet. Um, and I knew that there was a special connection with me and this individual, but I didn't think it to be romantic. And I was married and I took marriage very seriously. And to me, like thinking about someone else um was cheating on them. So I, I was pretty straight and narrow with my my standards and Um, I got on the plane and we started talking about, you know, leadership and hiring people and identifying attributes in people to to be part of organizations and, you know, like that kind of conversation. And the connection between us just like exemplified. And at one point at 30,000 feet, he just leaned over and kissed me. And I was just like, oh, my God, Um, you know, shocked by it all. And what's important about that kiss is that it woke me up at a cellular level. So it wasn't so much about the romance at that point, it was that he woke me up. Like every cell in my body went, whoa, wait a second. I'm telling myself a lie because I am not alive in my marriage. I am not living my soul's plan in my marriage. I am quieting who I really am in this marriage because I wanted to fit the mold that my husband and my upbringing told me I should fit into, which was the white picket fence idea. And I was like, I'm I got to leave my husband and it wasn't like I'm going to leave my husband for this guy. Um, Yeah, of course, there's thoughts that go through your head like, well, it'd be so much easier if you know if I could just run off into the sunset with this with this gentleman. But that's not what happened. And that's not right. So it was pretty scary for me to, like, leave my marriage of 10 years. Um, I was married for seven. We were together three before that, but it was 10 years of my life and we had a plan. Let me tell you, we had a great plan for everything finances. Properties we had purchased, um, you know everything was planned out in the most third dimensional way that was perfect, but it wasn't perfect. So that was my first one of my one of my first big jumps was was leaving my husband and we were living on the east Coast and, and I was working in big Pharma. Uh, I, I loved my job. I loved making a difference in people's lives. so so that was all really wonderful, but the the divorce drama started to get pretty heavy for me. I just knew, I don't remember exactly how I came up with this. I mean, obviously spirit downloaded it for me. It wasn't, it wasn't me, um, that my mission was pollinating the planet with love. And I was just like, okay, that's interesting. I work at big pharma and now I'm supposed to be pollinating the planet with love, I'm not <laughs> sure how, but I'm in, I'm in whatever it takes. Let's do it. Let's do it. So, um, at one point I just, I was walking up the stairs in my corporate office and I just, I was like, it's time to go. Wow. And I wasn't fully divorced yet. My hopefully soon to be ex-husband was dragging his feet. It was like, and in the end it took me six years to get divorced from him. We had no children. Um, it was pretty brutal. It wasn't a time to like stop your income, but I walked into my, my the head of the department into this office and, um, and I just said, I, I gotta leave. And, and actually, actually, what I have to back up to say when I walked up the stairs, that day, I knew that I needed to leave. And I was like, but where, what do I do? What, what, you know, okay, I'm clear. I need to leave, but I have no clue what this means. And so then spirit guided me and gave me, um, within one week time, three people, uh, maybe it was even five people. I don't know, but at least three people walked up to me without any solicitation and said, you should go to Costa Rica. And I was like, okay, I've never been to Costa Rica. I don't know where to go in Costa Rica, but you know, so by the third one, I was like, all right, um i remember it was a saturday i was sitting on my my bed and my computer and i was like let me just see like you know how much it costs how how difficult it is to get to costa rica and i i put it into my favorite airline and it was i don't remember but like 350 bucks i'm like oh my god i gotta do this i bought the ticket and then i basically said oh I got to my job, right? Like, wait, I don't think I told anybody that I did that. I was just like focused on what do I say to the head of the department on Monday morning when I walk in. So I planned this whole thing. Okay, this is what I'm going to say. This is how I'm going to do it. I walk into his office and all I could do was cry, right? And it's like, oh, damn it. We spent all of our life and all of our career to be competent, capable women. And all I could do was cry. Yeah. And I wanted to just get up and walk back out. And it was like, but spirits has got you. And you're just sitting there and you're like... And I just said, I, I, I gotta leave, I, I have to leave. And he, he was quite shocked and he said, he knew I'd been going through the divorce and it, it was like it, it, this angel that came through him. And he said, you know, take the time you need, but don't leave. He's like, take one month, take two months, take three months if you need. He's like, but don't leave. And so we agreed that, that I would take um, one month and that I would come back after that one month. Well a longer story longer um, I didn't come back for a month I ended up resigning officially from that role um, I, I traveled the world for for nine months which is a little bit interesting it wasn't planned that way but probably a nice gestational period of uh, <laughs> my little rebirth and uh, and then ended up going back into corporate they called me back and they called me back for opportunities and I go into all these details about you knowre saying no to a lot of the opportunities, and then when I said yes to come back, and that was all really wild and crazy, and it had to do with a tarot card reading, and I was so not into tarot cards at the time. So in the book, I walked people through, you know, really where, where I was in my mindset and where I was in my awakening journey and my spiritual journey, And how like these concepts were foreign to me. Like these were not things that are like, oh yeah, I'll just go get a tarot card reading. It's like, no, that was like Ouija board to me at the time. (laughs) I don't I don't want to know, you know, about that crazy stuff. Like who's gonna and I think part of it was that I was I was so in touch and intuitive, but I didn't want to accept that part of me, so it was scary, right? Right. It was a scary thing for me. And um, you know, yeah, so it's just it's stepping through that fear, as you said. And so I talk about how I did it and where I was along the way. And so I ended up going back to corporate life. Um, I had an agreement with the universe. It would be two years. I wanted to spin out. Like, we got to get on this pollinating flying with Love mission. And, um, you know, when we set our intentions, when we say be clear, like, it's serious. Like, be clear. Because what I didn't say is that I wanted to spin out of pharma completely um because then almost literally two years to the day i got an offer from the, the same company that i was working for to to move to singapore cool. and so i was like wait i meant like out of pharma and so i thought singapore i had just bought my my flat in jersey city with this beautiful view i like I, you know i was destined to live there you know at least for a second home forever and and i was like I don't even know where Singapore is. So (laughs) embarrassingly, I didn't, I really didn't know where Singapore was. Like I knew it was over there somewhere. And so I went home, I had a shower curtain that had the the globe on it. And I was like, oh, there it is. And so um, I was like, well, you know what? I know how this works. If the universe gives me an opportunity, I have to explore it. I can't just say no, um, even though I thought it was no. And everywhere I turned, it was a green light everyone that, that I talked to was just a green light. And I thought, I know where the buck is going to stop. My mother, my mother is going to have an absolute fit with this because I remember her saying to me like, Oh, please don't move to Europe. Cause I had worked for a company that was the headquarters were in Europe and I was dating a, a British man. And, and, um, I spent a lot of time in Berlin and a lot of time in London. And so her fear was, was Europe. Right. And so I was I, like, Oh my God, how do I tell her that? I think, I'm." looking at a position in Singapore. So um, yeah, I did it while I was driving. So I didn't have to make eye contact with her. And I'm like, uh, yeah, um, they're, you know, asking me about a position in Singapore. And there was just like this long pregnant pause. And then she just said something like, I know that you'll make the best decision. for oh, you. And I was just like, oh my God, she's giving me her approval. You know what <laughs> not that I ever lived my life for my parents approval, but it's just, you know, our innateness that we, we do, you know, we hate to hurt people. And, and, uh, and so, yeah, so off I went to Singapore and then I said to the universe, okay, two years, you know, let's spin out. And again, it was almost two years to the date I spun out and, uh, I spun out to go sleep with the devil in India. So that I wasn't expecting. I thought I was, you know, uh, beautiful, bright light and a a light worker here to help, you know, save the world. And yet, you know, spirit always calls us to get the deeper lessons. And so,
0: okay. Yeah. yeah. Now now I got to hear this uh, because I I have to tell you guys, I did read part, just the beginning of the book. Um, Time just didn't um, provide enough time to read it, but it's written so well that I think it's almost a one seat or two seatings because you just get drawn at, you're a really good writer. Beth. Um, yeah. So I, so I really look forward to having a few minutes, probably may, I don't know, even this weekend, um, <laughs> life, life gets in the way. Sometimes. I know it does. And I just launched the
1: audiobook, So if any of your listeners
0: oh. do
1: better, you know, in the car listening or at the gym or whatever, um, yeah, there's also that option.
0: Well, well, you you are a shining bright light that shows us a path to us. Um, and your adventure, I mean, we don't have a lot of heroes. the The old hero or heroine um, models are athletes it used to be politicians it used to be tv personalities and um actually i don't think any of them I, I hardly any of them really are athletes their values aren't the same as mine so so when i it's like i'm cheering you along Yay, look <laughs> at you. so okay so tell us about do you want to talk about india a little bit first and then well i don't know i don't know what what Basically, what we're doing is we're giving people some insight into the colors of the rainbow that you have, that you can offer. Because your worldview, which is a worldview, not just the narrow, um, small city somewhere in America or even L.A., I mean, the, that worldview, that, that perspective of life is not going to serve us to problem solve and create this new earth that we want. So what, that's why I'm trying to get you to smell the beans as much as possible, because we really want, we know that the divine will lead us if we can quiet our minds and go to it. But we're, we have fears. Yeah. And, and we have constructs of what good girls do and bad girls do and, and um, what, what um, we have judgments that have kept us safe, yeah. but really have kept us maybe ignorant. Yeah.
1: Really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I think that's what's happening right now is we're getting pushed out into our own shit, if you will. I mean, we're getting really pushed. So if you're doing the work, you know, you're going to get through. I think that's one of, one of the things I always like to say is you're going to get through this. Yeah. Um, but to the point and something you're bringing up about India, you know, I'll say this cause I want it to be more about, about the viewers than it is about, about me, that if you're an empath or you're a compassionate, a compassionate person, a light worker, whatever, a way show or whatever you want to call yourself, um, you almost, I feel have to sleep with the devil, be with a narcissist, a sociopath, <laughs> or one of these characters, because, you know, as much as I like to think that you could just supersede it and not have to experience it. You learn so much from it. So if you can get yourself into the learnings and the lessons and out of the victim of it, you will do so much. I don't like to say better, but you'll do, you'll, you'll get through the process. And, and that's all you're here to do is to, is to process and transmute and allow yourself to get to this place where, where you actually can move into a blissfully neutral state More consistently, right? So it's not about just like, oh, I'm in bliss because we're human and we're always going to have the ups and the downs. And so it's about how quickly can I get myself back into that blissfully neutral state, which is I allow myself to feel it, I allow myself to process whatever the situation is that happened. Um, Our animals teach us so much about this. What do they do when they experience trauma? They shake it off, right? So I talk in my book about when I went to Ratu Goose's shaking ashram. I thought it was the craziest thing that I had ever done. Like I literally thought, like Candy Camera had to show up at some point. <laughs> Netflix series was gonna like do like the crazy things that people do on the awakening journey. You know, I mean, we literally shook three times a day for two hours a session, so six times, uh, six hours a day, we violently shook our body. Well, for me, I did violently shake my body, and my knees hurt. And I was like, when I left, I was about to leave there, I was like. What the hell did i just do this was ridiculous because most other people were letting spirit shake them so you know that was like a big aha like oh right like beth bell is still trying to run the show here beth bell is still trying to shake her own body that wasn't the point of the whole shaking ashram that the point was is to let spirit shake you and move you and and hold you and take you and You know, and that means you have to unravel the mind to be able to do that. And so I was still deep in my process. Look, I still have more to unravel. We all do. Like we're human. Um, Unless I'm sitting here as Buddha or, you know, uh, Jesus, I'm still doing the work too. So we're all doing the work. But when we get through some of these really big, really big moments of realizing, oh, that's what it really means to allow spirit to flow through me. You know, once I left the ashram on that first visit, like I said, I'm never coming back here because I think it was whatever the math is, you know, 30 something hours of shaking because you had to commit to five days. You couldn't just go for a day. They wouldn't let you in unless you were there for five days to start. And some people went for weeks and I just, it was like all craziness to me. But when I left, I thought, well, nothing happened. Like I enjoyed aspects of it for sure. It wasn't complete torture or anything, but I just was kind of disappointed with myself that I felt like I wasn't getting what I was really supposed to be getting. I wasn't getting the bliss that I saw everyone else experiencing. And I left and my friend and I, my friend Rico was with me. We went to, um, to get in the car and drive down the, the volcano with our driver and, and we saw this beautiful sunset and we said, wait, stop, let's, let's take a look at the sunset. We looked at this cascading you know, rice field sunset and there was this Balinese man, um, older Balinese man sitting over there on a stool. And all of a sudden I just felt unconditional love for that man. I would not, nothing romantic, but just like, I just felt this connection to him. I felt connected to the sunset. I felt connected to the rice fields. And I was like, oh, I guess something did happen back there. And I went back to the shaking ashram, then, you know, two or three times more um, because I started to get that you know, this 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 mind-body-spirit connection that like I thought I got and I read all the books, and I intellectually knew, which I think is where a lot of us are at right now, is intellectually we've read the books conceptually, we get them, but we're not able to quite get there with the embodiment. I mean, we are, but we're just not there yet in some cases. So keep going for the embodiment, keep going for the North Star. Because that's where that's where you are really in that unconditional love state and you're not allowing the fear of the external environment, the thought constructs, the the ideations of the collective consciousness to to impact you. You know, you're just like you're just flowing through it like, oh, yeah. And there's that. Oh. And there's that. And there's that. Thank you. And you move through it. Right. But what what, what most of us got taught when we were little is not to move through an emotion, but to shove it down or shove it to the side and keep going, suck it up, don't cry about spilled milk, right? All of those things where where we got told innately that it's not something we should feel about, we should suck it up. I mean, I grew up in the Midwest, so maybe I got the extra, you know, the super program on this, the (laughs) supersized program of suck it up, Um, you know, work hard, be humble, you know, it's like spirits like people, you don't have to work hard, you just have to get in the flow. You just right. have to know that I am here with you and, you know, go to the ocean. How do you do that? Go to the ocean. Um, one of the things that I talk about a lot is, is uh, being a flower whisperer, which is a term that some, one of my dear friends gave me because I started photographing flowers. I couldn't meditate this years and years ago. I was like, sit for 15 minutes. And afterwards I'd be like, I can't get that 15 minutes back. And there are so many things I got to get done. Oh, wow. And so spirit, spirit came about it another way spirit said okay let's give her a camera send her to hawaii and i started photographing flowers and and that became my form of meditation because i was so mesmerized by the details of the flowers and i would photograph and photograph and photograph and see how the wind and you know moisture and all these different elements were were with the flower and how the flower just You know, it just hung there and it just, you know, it blossomed in divine timing. It died in divine timing. You know, it took the rain when it came. It got heavy. You know, like you just watch the flowers and they tell you everything you need to know. So if, if you don't feel like you know how to do it, go sit with the flowers. There's a reason why they say stop and smell the roses. Go to the ocean if you've got one. If you don't have that, just go to a tree, go to the ground, feel the grass. Think about if you have children or you've seen other children, what do they do? They go and they look at a blade of grass with like childlike curiosity. Like this is the best thing that ever, you know, came to them. Well, that's where we got to get back to is that childlike curiosity about life. And we get so dull, we dull everything down and we don't realize like how refreshing a sip of water is clean water, right? Living in Bali, like clean water is a big deal. Um, you need clean water. Like I've dealt with parasites and they're not fun and they take you down and they they suck your energy and they suck your light. Um, So having clean water is a big deal. Having clean feet, you know, some of these really basic things that in our first world countries, we just don't even think about. So. Again, I go off on a little bit of a tangent, but, but stop me. And,
0: uh, no, no, no. Well, no. I I think it's I, I think everything you're saying is perfect, and I, and I want you to um, talk about Bali a little bit and about your um, your enterprise there because it was brilliant, and I and I I'm gonna make sure that I I connect you um, with uh, Fumi for the piece. the peace polls because I I really think that there's a connection there. But Mm -hmm. but okay, so so you you see this Balinese guy and you're just you have a oneness experience basically. And you know, okay, that's my compass, that's my true north, not not all this other shaming, blaming, questioning. Which is what we all do. I mean, that's the the culture, um um, saying it's not good enough, I could have done better, all that stuff. Instead of appreciation, appreciation, yeah. appreciation. Yeah. Right? Um yeah. so so you have you have this moment and then you get your compass turned towards Bali. Mm-hmm. Right? Okay, so could you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, well, after sleeping with the devil, it was a really devastating um life event for me. Um, And I went back to Singapore to my friend's house and I was like, I don't know what I'm even going to do with my life. I was jobless. I was homeless. I, yeah, I didn't know. And she said, you know, why don't you go back to Bali? That seems like a nice healing place for you. So I went to Bali thinking that I was going there to just live in the light, heal my wounds. and, And I did both of those things, but I also went there to experience black magic. So I went for another deep dive, you know, coming off the devil and all of that. I, I went in in, a, in another way to learn more. Um, and I had made some products when I had visited Bali a couple years prior. Um, and without expectation, I, I I just ended up making these products. It was a divine alignment. I had been looking for someone to make my little flower bouquet photo albums. And oh. the place that I was staying at, the, the butler just... I showed it to him and he said of course we can make these in bali because i wanted someone to place the intention of love to in really infuse the products with love and so i realized how empowered the the balinese hearts are and they i was like these people are the people that need to be making my products because i want them to infuse the love that they have in their hearts so um yeah so i started making these products and i, I decided to go back to bali um, to be in this beautiful place um heal my wounds and a long story short uh spirit said oh yeah those are the mini mantra word bar necklaces so there's little mantras on them that one is live life in love with everything bliss that one is i am grateful knowing love feeling love bliss and they all have bliss on them um because bliss stands for beautiful long lasting irreplaceable spiritual and still which is what i believe flowers and relationships represent in our life. And then another one in there is breathe, baby, breathe. Sometimes it's the basic, uh, you know, the basics of breathing. So I'm sure a lot of your viewers have done some conscious breath work. If not, that's also a really great way to just get inside, get out of the mind, um, quiet it. Yeah. So those, those are um, a, a really great, they're all 925 sterling silver. And, and they're, like I said, infused um, by the Balinese artisans that work with me to to make them so um yeah spirit said you're gonna do a retail store and i was like no i'm not you know like i am not here to do a retail store and, <laughs> and the quick the quick story on it was A friend of mine, a new friend that I had met in Bali, she had a a nine year old daughter at the time. And we were sitting around and I showed her these little flower bouquet photo albums. She's like, Oh my gosh, you need to open a store. Well, all the products were stuck in a storage unit in Singapore, which is a whole other story. But, uh, and I was like, No, I don't, I don't need to. And I don't, I can't even access those products to sell them in a store if I wanted to. Well, she just said, I'm just getting this hit. So, okay, whatever, I'll stay open. I'm like, I'll stay open to it, like, maybe in like six months from now or something. Well, her daughter came with me to the gym one day, and at the time I had a full-time driver because they're not that expensive, but I wasn't going to drive a motorbike. They drive on the other side of the road, which I knew from Singapore, but I was like, I cannot drive a motorbike. And so I was really fearful of all that for a while. And so I had this driver and and, uh, me and the nine-year-old, we decided that we were going to have him take the long road home and go down Monkey Forest Road. So he was driving down the monkey forest road and the nine-year-old had heard her mother say that I should have a shop. She was also very intuitive. And she said, stop, stop, Jimmy, stop the car. And so she pointed and she said, let's go look at that store. I think that store is for you. And I was like, what? (laughs) So so Jimmy pulls the car over and I said, Jimmy, go in, check it out, get the Balinese price, just find out. And I'm like, let's just explore. Like I wasn't serious. I wasn't going to open a shop. So he goes in and he comes back and goes, Beth, it's perfect for you, and I'm thinking, how do you people think like what's perfect for me? I don't even know what's perfect for me, like. So, so because you got to go in, you got it, you got to go in, you got to talk to him yourself. So I was like, okay. So I go in, and I and I walk in, just full body goosebumps, and I'm like, this is my shop. Oh my gosh! And so I find myself a minute later, like it's just weird. I find myself because there's a, a a little sitting area for a, a, a villa that they rent out right behind the shop, and so. It's like, come on, come on. The owner's back here. We're sitting at this table in the lobby with the, with the father and the son and myself, my nine-year-old and my driver, and I'm negotiating a deal on this retail store that I was you know, destined to say that I am not going to do. <laughs> um, and, and so I just like, we stop negotiating and I, I get in the car and Jimmy's like, do it. And the nine-year-old's do it. And I'm like, I just need to go home and take a cold shower. So I went home, I took a cold shower and I was like, okay, actually, I know deep inside I'm supposed to do this, but this is crazy. This is crazy. (laughs) But I had done enough intuitive risk-taking that I knew. And I was like, okay, I'm going to look for validation points, look for validation points. And everything just kept aligning. And I'm like, oh, really? I mean, it wasn't that I didn't want to do it, but it was like, I just, that wasn't my dream. It wasn't my dream to like like do a whole, you know, 10 improvement on this store and sign a contract. And it meant that I was going to be there for years. And, you know, they wanted five years and you pay all up front. You don't pay by the month. Like you pay these guys like the whole rent up front. So there was all these things to think about. But Spirit just kept saying, yeah, you can sit with this, but you know what's going to happen. The mind is going to come in and tell you all the fearful reasons why you shouldn't do it. When innately, you know, right here in your third chakra, that this is the thing to, for you to do right now. We're, you know, like you, you got all the signs. So I did it, <laughs> monkey, Shop, monkey forest road, you know, right, right, right next to the monkey forest sanctuary. It was beautiful. I met people from all over the world. Um, yeah, I can't say enough good things about it. There was tons of challenges, like tons of things you wouldn't expect to talk all about in the book. Um, and then eventually came to a place where I knew that this the store needed to come to a close and that just all happened very beautifully and blissfully. And then eventually I realized, okay, my homeland's calling me back. Um, I gotta go back. It, I loved Bali, but my parents were getting older. My nephews were growing up. Um, and I just knew as a, as a light worker way sure that it was time to come back to my homeland and shine the light here. So I did. And yeah, and so everything that I've done, you know, it's, 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 it's not really from me. It's, it's from following spirit. And you, you used the word proud earlier in this discussion. And um, I have to say that a lot of what's in my book are not my proud moments. They're actually Gosh. my vulnerable moments that a lot of you are going to say, I would never do that. <laughs> <laughs> and all I can say is, yeah, I would have said that too. You know, but when you step into it, it's your lesson. And then back to your other question and point, which is you have to understand that you've called all these people, places, you know, into your life for your journey. Everyone has a very unique journey home. And if you wanna wallow in it, you can, but that's just silliness. It's just silliness because you ask them to play that role, to do that hurtful thing to you. And until you start to decide that you're going to take accountability and responsibility for your own life, you will be the victim. But that's not how it really works. If you really want to know and you think you're really spiritual and you're really on this journey, then you got to get over that victim part because, um, yeah. And you'll see in the back of the book, I write gratitude notes to everyone, even the devil, because even the devil was an angel.
0: Yeah. Well, I I think that's what everyone I mean, when people write books like yours um, and and I get to publish books. So sometimes I've I've published a book or two that they're like confessions. I mean, where where there's such a healing writing it because you review everything. Um, I'm going to show your website real quick so people can see all the things and, and actually see the cover of the book. And um I'll just scroll down, but but yeah. basically your journey has been clearing, clearing, clearing. It's almost like you do hokapono pono <laughs> every day. Um and then and then here's this beautiful book. Um it's called Angels, Herpes and Psychedelics: Unraveling the Mind to Unveil Illusions, which yeah. which, if you want, we could talk about the title. Um, but here we go. So here's, um, it's Beth Bell dot M E. So here we go. And, and it's a memoir book, but it's a teaching. I, I think it's a teaching model where, where you can really allow yourself to go on the journey with Beth and, um, have a chance to see where you are, um, doing something similar, the storyline, the physical place might be different, but right, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's not admittedly, it's not a
1: how to guide. I think anyone that tells you that they have a how to guide for your soul's plan is is (laughs) full of it because you set it up so intricately that only, only you can unravel it. We have all these people that can help us see things that maybe we can't see, but only you can really, really, truly unravel your own mind. And so that is what the book is about, is, is helping to inspire others to just look a little bit deeper into why you've set some of these things up for yourself to learn. And you can get the first two chapters free if you subscribe, You know, sign up. There's also a little promo that you're going to get when you sign up that gets you to the Awakening and Healing Handbook. Um, there's a special price for that. And so that gets into all of the modalities that I talk about in the book. Um, you know, writing the book and I agree with you that a lot of times writing the book is like super, um, you know, healing to, to write down, but it was almost like when spirit told me I needed to write the book, I, I dedicated a year and a half of my life to, to write the book. It's not that I didn't get aha moments while I did it, but I did it in a way because I had already done all the work. So it was really for me, not as I didn't have as many aha moments cause they were already in the book. Like they were already written. I'd already kind of do- dove deep into them and So, yeah, the hope is, is that it will inspire and empower you to just dive deeper, to give you some tips, tools and modalities, you know, a great big menu of things that you can say, oh, maybe I want to do this or oh, maybe I want to do that, you know, all the way to something as extreme as psychedelics, which I've always said, I will never do drugs, you know, other than the occasional use of alcohol not even marijuana or cannabis, you know, that was just off my radar. I just was not going to mess with anything that would make me lose my mind because I saw that as such a bad thing. And then when I realized, oh, wait, like losing my mind means that spirit is driving. And of course we don't like lose our mind. Like we're walking around with our, you know, our head cut off. It's like, we're, we're not in our mind and the ideas of the mind. And so psychedelics are, I'm I'm a big spokesperson for psychedelics in the right, safe, set and setting with a shaman that you have vetted. So I have a lot to say about psychedelics. How, how, I have a lot to say about how to when it comes to psychedelics, because, because there is a lot happening with the psychedelic journey. Um, and if you haven't done a lot of the work to understand the multi-dimensional aspects of yourself and of everything else that's at play, the entities and everything that's happening, um, you can find yourself in some difficult situations that you really don't need to have so um yeah having a a journey with someone who can really hold a sacred space is super important don't do psychedelics because your friend's doing it and they had a great journey and you're just going to show up and rock up and do it you got to talk to the people you're sitting with you have to know the people that they attract because the biggest thing about psychedelics is that they're going to help you with the north star but you still have to do the work they will not enlighten you psychedelics will not enlighten you if you think that they're enlightening you then you're on the wrong path because then as far as i'm concerned if you're going and just going out there and then you come back and then you're like okay i got to go go out there again and come back i got to go then you're just doing drugs then you i know that sounds harsh but i really i really see that it's the integration work the journey of psychedelics is after the journey it's the integration work how do i pl- apply this to my life how do i embody this so that i can be here in this meat suit doing the work Um, so yeah, it's a really fine line. Um, but psychedelics can do some really amazing things for you. They can help shift the energy. Um, but it's, you're always going to be responsible for unraveling your own mind. Now, one of the other topics that a lot of people don't like to ask me about, in fact, one guy on an interview, he's like herbs and I'm like, no, you read it right. It's, it's herpes. (laughs) It's not (laughs) herbs. (laughs) There's herbs for that, but it's no, um, you know, because herpes is is also a story that I talk about in the book very vulnerably. And the purpose of it is multifold. One is that virus shame is alive and well. And I realized that when COVID hit, um, I actually added more to the book, realizing that people were gonna understand. Because if you remember like more towards the beginning of the whole COVID thing, like people got COVID, don't tell anyone, you know, it's like, why? Well, because they knew that they were going to be judged for maybe they didn't wear their mask or maybe they didn't you know they went out in public or maybe they blah 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 that whatever people wanted to to try to you know chastise them for people were even secretive about getting COVID because they also felt like lepers they were like oh you know nobody wants to be around me i have to quarantine like oh and they felt so guilty if they gave someone else COVID. right so i'm like okay people are ready for the herpes talk. Like the shame that goes along with herpes is debilitating. If you don't heal that core wound that comes from from getting herpes, you are going to be in misery with this lower vibrational element. And if you can really transmute um, the ideas around virus shame, you can transmute anything. Right, because right. And, and so it's about getting to the trauma. It's not just about herpes. It's about whatever your trauma is, whatever your core wound is. And you know, of course, the core core wound for all of us is the core wound of separation from source. Right. It's the cut of the umbilical cord and it's the oh, my God, I'm falling and I'm all alone here on the universe. Um, you know, so that's the, the core core one. But a lot of people are dealing with the abandonment wound right now. They're dealing with a lot of these deep seated wounds. That is, in a sense, holding them back from knowing who they really are, holding them back from being in that oneness connection with source and everything that is. So, so, yeah, so my encouragement and, you know, my boldness of putting herpes on the cover is like there is nothing that we shouldn't be talking about. I'm a truth teller. So are you. Tell it. Get out of the closet on whatever it is. Speak your truth. Know your truth. Feel your truth, be your truth, You know, shine your light, show the way, be a unicorn, a fairy, you know, a dust sprinkler, like whatever you are, you know, um, you know, get out and do it because we need you, we need you now. And if you're in the wrong relationship or you've got people around you that are dragging you down and telling you that you're silly, get out, get away. Yes, you might have to move out of your house. Yes, you might have to whatever. I don't know what all the consequences you think are, but I can guarantee you, that the consequences of following spirit are so incredible that all of the other stuff that feels so significant, so heavy,
0: so difficult, so fearful will drop away. It will drop away. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Well, um, you can see that Beth is a champion. And if you're um, going through a lot of change right now, um, you might be in corporate America, and you're trying to figure out how to make it all work. You don't You're not aligned with the values of what you're doing, no matter what you're doing. Um, she uh, She is your champion for change and it really show show your bright light so i i i hope that you'll go to um bethbell.me is there any other ways for- yeah yeah actually i was
1: just gonna say um if you go to my youtube channel at beth bell live every sunday eleven eleven 11 pacific time i have a live show so you can ask me questions if you can't make the live show Send me a PM on, on Facebook, Beth Bell, or, or Instagram, Queen blissby or on YouTube. Um, I look for all your questions, and I'll answer them. Um, if you want to come on live, that's great. Um, yeah, so it's all about, I'll, I'll, I'll answer anything you want to talk about. Um, so, I mean, I'm, wow. I'm talking about transforming relationships to love and life. And to uh, the show is called Unravel Your Mind. But yeah, whatever you're dealing with, I'm happy to help in whatever way I can.
0: So, so bring that. That's fantastic! Me. What a great resource. Thank you so much, Beth. And and I'm um, I'm afraid we're out of time. Uh, we'll have to do this again. But yeah. um, everybody, you can tell you you'll know if Beth is your your guide and can help you go to the next step. You can feel her energy and the love and her authenticity. And um, we need more of. That In this world, as we're going through waking up to the truth of who we really are, remember how powerful you are. This is a stepping stone to discover your power and be a big contributor during this time of change. So bless you so much, Beth. I I look forward to uh, continuing our friendship. Um yes. you're you're a star, man. You're a superstar. Thank you. And thank you, Kathy, for all you're doing to oh, sure. oh sure. Oh sure. Oh fun. You can tell I'm learning with everybody because there's still, you know, there's still so much wonderful stuff that I don't know about that I want to know about. And um people that have um I haven't been to Bali. I've been all over all over the world, but not there. So, so yeah. So anyway, <laughs> so we'll talk again soon. Thank you yes, so much. Thank you. All right. And thank you guys. Please share this because this message really could help a lot of people. Thank you.